0: You know, us women, we always come in second. It's a man's world, as they say, but you know, it, it's not, it's not their world. You know, we have a voice, we need to be heard. I believe there will be a woman president soon. So yes, I would say in the career field, like I can only imagine, cause I, I worked in the office space before, like I started off doing office work, but I also knew like that wasn't for me. But, you know, people who are in the office space, in the career world, it's like, you don't speak your voice because I realize if you don't, then that's how they
1: take advantage
0: of you and think like, you're oh, you're okay in that position.
1: Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzek. And my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are new here, welcome. If you've been listening for a while, Welcome back. My name is Jess. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm a working woman in the nine-to-five world, and I am obsessed with everything career success and confidence and mindset, and I love talking about struggle. And I love talking about the difficult things that we run into in our careers because ultimately, Even though those things aren't always fun, they're the things that deliver us strength and wisdom. It's really hard to grow and get stronger if you're not being stretched in some way. And while that process isn't always fun, you always come out of it a different person. And that's one of the reasons that I love doing these interviews and I love hearing women's stories because I love to hear their journeys about what they've been through and how they've changed and how they've taken challenge and adversity in their lives. Lives and transformed it often into something greater. And today's guest really inspired me with her evolution and her story. As you'll hear from her, I won't give away too much. But she works in the fashion industry and she's highly creative and has started her own fashion company. And I was really inspired just hearing about her career journey and her life. And you're going to hear a lot in this episode about owning your voice, owning your truth, and really taking up space and going for the things that you want. I was really moved and inspired by some of the advice and answers she gave around what to do when you're not trusting yourself, when you're afraid to share what you want or advocate for what you want. And I was also really inspired by her story and her growth and her wisdom. And I think that you will be too. And I'm really excited for you to meet her. If you are new to the show, I just want to let you know that there is a Facebook community where you can meet other women who listen to the show. It's called The Art of Speaking Up. And I also have a free ebook to help you feel more confident speaking up. It's called The Smart, Ambitious Woman's Guide to Assertiveness in the Workplace, and I have gotten really good feedback on it. I tried to make it fun. I kept it really honest, and I shared some of my challenges, but it's also intended to make you feel light and happy and to help you see that the process of building confidence (laughs) It doesn't have to feel so daunting. It doesn't have to be so big and heavy. I think when you're not feeling confident and when you're struggling, that feels big and heavy, but I think that you can make the growth process bite-sized and manageable and fun. And that's really what I try to do in this ebook. So I will link the ebook below in case you want to read it. And I will also link the Facebook group below in the show notes. There's a section at the very bottom called free resources. And of course, you'll find all of the information on Keisha and I'll link her website and store below, which you're about to learn more about. And with that, I'm going to cut into the interview and I hope you enjoy it. My name is Keisha Graves, I'm 34 years old.
0: I am from Cambridge, Massachusetts and I am the founder of Girls Chronically Rock clothing brand, which I created to help inspire and empower others in the disability community. And I
1: started that in 2017. Fantastic. And can you tell us, we're going to talk more about that. And I also want to talk a little bit about your career in merchandising. Can you talk about studying fashion and what got you into merchandising and what that means? Sure. So I
0: always had a passion for fashion, like what I always tell people. I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur slash fashion designer. Growing up, I did look up to fashion designers um, such as Kimora Lee Simmons from Baby Fat. I still love her to this day. I mean, who who forgets Baby Fat? I mean, I still love it. And then I also looked up to fashion designers such as Betsy Johnson because I loved her quirkiness, I love her like tutus and I'm always in tutus. If you ever check out my website, I'm always like taking photo shoots with like a tutu in one of my t-shirts. I don't know, I just think they're cool and Betsy Johnson is just always someone I looked up to. I love her colorfulness. And I love how she always did cartwheels in the back um, at the end of her fashion shows. So yes, I looked up to those fashion designers and then I went to graduate, sorry, to undergraduate at Framingham State University where I received my bachelor's in fashion design and merchandising. So I got a field of both majors, Um, you know, the merchandising field and also the design field. And then, um, yeah, then I was doing merchandising work before I even attended while I was kind of slash in graduate school, did merchandising for local department stores such as Macy's, Target, working for local designers. Well, not local, but designers such as Tommy Hilfiger,
1: Calvin Klein and whatever the client needed mostly. Fantastic. And for someone who's not familiar, what does merchandising mean? Sure. So merchandising, a lot of people. So when you go to the
0: stores and you see all those outfits and things on mannequins and dress coordinations and the new trends coming in and out, the floor display may change. Like that's all mostly merchandisers who do that. The visual merchandiser merchandising assistants. So we get the store all set up and ready for you guys, you know, coordinating the mannequins, doing the floor set. It's a lot of work. You know, some people have to get into the stores like as early as 6 or 7 a.m., possibly even earlier the size of the stores, you know, just to make sure the hottest trends are out, the fashion trends and making sure everything looks good for you guys, the customers, you know, because then I want you guys to look at it like, hey, that looks good because I know that's what attracts my attention. Like, oh, that's cute. Anything pink or anything pretty much catches my eye. So I'm like, all right, I'll add that to the bag. (laughs) Not that I need it, but just to, you know, catch
1: the customer's eye. I love that. And the creativity of it feels really exciting to me. And one thing that I was curious about is just from, you know, learning a little bit about you, it does seem like that work sort of combines the creative element within like numbers and sales. So it's kind of bringing the two together. Can you just share a little bit about that for those who are curious?
0: Um, Yeah, sure. So the merchandising, all of that adds up to sales because it's like, you know, we want to every time, you know, although I'm a freelance merchandiser at the time, I would go to different stores such as Nordstrom, Bloomingdale's, Macy's. And so I had that relationship with the manager and sales associates when every time I would come in for a visit, what is selling? What is not selling? What are the customers asking for? Because then that would give me an idea. Well, this is not selling too well. Let me try to maybe coordinate this to put this maybe in front of the store and maybe coordinate it with this. You know, it's all about like that visual creative. And that's the thing I love to do because like it's I love the work I do. Like, merchandising, making the customers happy. So it's like, whatever was not selling, I tried to figure out a way to catch that customer's eyes. Like, oh, maybe they might like this in this set of light or coordinated with this color. And then sometimes, you know, that honestly does help because then like a week later or so, especially during the holiday times, you all would go back something that wasn't selling and just from me changing it and shifting it around the store, it miraculously, you know, made sales like, you know, by the time I was gone. So I like that, you know, so I definitely, it's important to have that relationship with, the sales staffs and managers so that way when you're not there they know what to do and i always like to give them my contact information like hey let me know if something's not selling you know let me know although i'm not in the store contact me let me know what's up if it's something not um in back stock because that's something you know i then had to um coordinate you know with my office like okay because although yes it's selling at macy's it was still coming from you know the company i worked for you know warehouse i want to make sure like everything was fully stocked because who wants to go shopping and then they don't have it in the store? I know I don't like it. Oh, for sure. And, you know, back to your question. Sorry if I went off track. But, um, you know, it's all about, you know, numbers because it's important. So that's why I definitely like to follow up with them every visit, you know, to see what's selling and what's not. So, yes, it definitely does reflect numbers. Definitely.
1: Yeah, I love learning, like, as a consumer when I've experienced something. I love learning all the things that are happening behind, like behind it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. Never talk about, you know, but we've all, I think most of us have spent a lot of time in these stores, not even thinking about that, just like going and thinking, what do I want to buy today?
0: Exactly. You like never know how it got on the floor, who dresses the mannequin, like, so yeah, (laughs) it's all behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the magic. And I think it's so cool and interesting that you've taken that career and then have built your own business out of it. And so we're going to talk about mindset and some of the core topics for the show. But I also want to hear more of your story of what led you to create Girls Chronically Rock.
0: I'm um, sure. So a little bit about my story is, you know, I was um, going to school living, you know, my best life, um, able body. And then when I was actually in graduate school, um, getting my master's degree in business at Cambridge College, that's when I started to get really weird symptoms in my body where my leg would kind of just give out repeatedly and I would fall numerous times. The first few times I just thought maybe oh, I just need to lose some weight. No big deal. You know, just kind of brush it off. But it just kept on happening. And then that's when I, um, my mom and sister were like, I think you need to go to a doctor. Something's not right. So we go th- to see an orthopedic out here in Boston at Tufts Medical Center. And then they kind of come and examine me. They kind of ask me to raise my right leg, left leg. The legs, honestly, would not move from off the bed. So they kind of look at each other like um, something doesn't look right. So they're like, I think you need to see a neurologist. So then I go to neurologist, still la-di-da, not thinking anything of it. So I go to see a neurologist and we pretty much just go straight to it. We go get an MRI. I get an EKG, EMG. Most interesting of all was then I got a muscle biopsy where they took a piece of muscle from out of my right leg. So that was interesting. And then that muscle biopsy, that's when they determined I had muscular dystrophy. So of course, when I heard that, I'm just like, Where did that come from? Nobody in my family seems to have it. I'm just like, what? Never heard of it in my life. I'm like, she's wrong. I honestly thought that day she called me like, she accidentally, you know, maybe called the wrong person or maybe, you know, she said something wrong. Cause you know, let's be clear. Doctors don't sometimes know everything. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe she got back the wrong test results. This is for another patient. And then that's when just like everything changed. My whole life changed. So of course what we do sometimes is we go on Google start Googling symptoms, you know, try diagnosing ourselves. So of course, as I'm reading muscular dystrophy, I'm like, wow, so this is saying it affects people in early childhood um, birth. It affects mostly boys, it progresses over time. Some people don't live a long life. So of course reading all that, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So this can't be me. Cause I'm like, hey, it didn't affect me at childhood birth. Here I am in my early twenties being diagnosed with this. And I'm like, and I'm not a boy so I'm just like all these things are going through my head so of course I totally shut down you know of course not really telling family and friends and you know because I didn't know what the future hold and here I am still balancing going to graduate school at the same time so you know having to deal with the, all of this and of course I have to let my classmates and professors know because there were some days the body especially the day I had my muscle biopsy I couldn't go to class that night so yeah it was total like a total whirlwind but um you know, to fast forward to the positive things, you know, it's like I'm a true believer in things do happen for a reason. So that's when I started Girls Chronically Rock. And so mm-hmm. I thought, why not create something to help inspire and motivate others in the disability community? Because I know what that's like, especially being in total denial, especially someone like myself. I had this whole life before, you know? So here I am now being diagnosed. It's like, so I knew what life was before, whereas I'm like, man, I took some things for granted. And now I'm a part of this whole disability community, which I love, and the support from them is awesome.
1: And can you speak to how your ways of looking at the world shifted through learning this about yourself and through this journey?
0: Yeah, totally um, shifted a lot. I mean, of course, as I mentioned before, I'm just like, what does my future hold? What's going to happen? You know, they're saying it progresses, you know, and here I was able-bodied, then I was driving, I wasn't using any mobility aids like cane walker or anything I do now, just living normally, but then as time went on, it did progress. You know, then I shifted onto the cane, shifted onto the walker. Now I'm in a power wheelchair. I've been in a wheelchair now for probably just over a year. So I'm still new to the wheelchair family, but you know, it. I mean, it, it is what it is. I did realize over time, these are one of those things like we can't control. Same thing about this whole COVID-19 pandemic we're dealing with now. This is something that's out of our hands. As much as we want to do this and that, it's like, we need to stay safe. We need to wear masks. Same thing with me. It's like I kind of get up, try to make it from off the bed, make it to the restroom without having a fall. And it's like that's just like a huge accomplishment to me. I tell people just going in the shower, sitting in the shower, my body is so tired and fatigued as if I just finished running a, a marathon, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I totally shifted. And, you know, but it's one of those things I kind of just take it day by day. I wake up and go with the flow, honestly, because it's like I can't control it. I can't say, hey, you stop. Muscular dystrophy, come back tomorrow. This is
1: here. I didn't ask for it. It came out of nowhere. And through this process, did you change the way that like you speak to yourself internally? Um, yeah, I would definitely think so.
0: Of course, it's like I definitely had a hard time transitioning, you know, because there I was in total denial. Like I was so in denial. Like even when I started to walk with a cane going on job interviews, I would tell them I sprayed my ankle while I was in a car accident. So I never even come out and said, oh, I have muscular dystrophy, that's how much in denial I was. Cause me saying it out loud, you know, made it seem real. So it's like, as time went on, I started like reaching out to, you know, thank goodness for social media today, hashtag disability awareness, hashtag muscular dystrophy, hashtag chronic illness has totally, you know, just opened my eyes. And I love now on Instagram, you can follow the hashtags. So me just reaching out to other people in the disability community, has helped me kind of opened up a little bit because I'm like, yes, although I get the support of family and friends, they are awesome. I don't know what I would do without them. There's nothing like talking to somebody who understands what you're going through on a daily basis because they get it. They know what it's like for the body to feel fatigue when you're tired or have a bad fall. It's like they get it. So that definitely has opened you know, me up a little bit with sharing my story. Because if you had asked me like a while back, oh, do you see yourself starting a business You know, to share, you know, to inspire others with your journey? I'll be like, no way. Because it's like, I'll be like, why would I do that? I don't have muscular dystrophy. So it's like, that's how much in denial I was. But, you know, I just try to think positive And I sometimes I do say to myself, like, you got this, like, this is a bad day. But when I get like sweet messages and my direct messages from people from in the community on Facebook and Instagram, like, oh, my God, I love what you're doing. You inspire me. My friend or family member has muscular dystrophy or they have lupus, MS. And I'm just like, oh, you know, because sometimes you may doubt yourself, you know, with what you're doing. And you're like, are people understanding my mission my movement and so when i get messages and emails like that that honestly like just touches my heart and it just inspires me and motivates me to continue to go and continue to build girls chronically rock into the empire i want it to be
1: oh i'm so excited And we're <laughs> gonna talk more about mindset i love hearing your perspective on it and then we're going to also just talk about girls chronically rock and what it is i'm so pumped about a big topic on this show is like confidence and sort of like believing that you're good enough for your work environment and sort of kind of owning your role in that space, which I think for a lot of women, it, it can be hard, you know, and yeah. there are thoughts of like, am I good enough? And so I guess for that topic, I'd love to either share or hear your experiences or speak to people who are experiencing that or maybe both. Um, yeah. So I'll definitely say like,
0: for me, when I always get asked that question, it's like, it's so hard for me to say, like, oh, to give, say, a person a specific advice or mindset because I'm like, here I am. I know what that's like. I was being di- I was diagnosed in my early 20s, not knowing what the future hold. I had this whole life before driving, playing softball. So it's like everybody I realize deal with things differently. Like I have met some people in the disability community online where they get diagnosed with something today and they totally embrace it and i like saying they're happy about it but they may start like a youtube channel right away or a podcast like hey let me share my journey and i'm like wow like that's pretty that's like pretty dope like you know they have a mindset where they can just embrace that i'm like i wasn't like that you know so i look at that and it's not like there's no right or wrong answer but we all deal with things differently so my mindset at that time wasn't like oh yeah i gotta embrace this like this is a part of me like no i was still thinking the doctors were wrong and they didn't know what they were talking about and I'm still doing me. So it's like my mindset was so off at that time where it's like, and then other people, you know, deal with things differently. But I think, um, you know, it's just, it's kind of hard. You know, I would definitely say like reaching out to other individuals who understand what you're dealing with and what you're going through definitely helps. And I think this social media game today is definitely, you know, it supports that. Because, you know, there's so many different support groups that I'm a part of on Facebook, on Instagram, and now there's TikTok which I'm addicted to. So it's like so many different platforms now where we can, you know, connect and, you know, can relate to the next individual. So I kind of feel like that would help the mindset and just kind of keep us inspired and motivated, because I think that's what helps me. And we all deal with things differently. And there's kind of like no right or wrong answer.
1: Yeah, it seems like our brains, unless we tell our brains, otherwise, they start to keep telling us we're alone, even though that's not true. But when we forget to connect, I think that's like for me where I default. It's like, oh, I'm the only one feeling this way.
0: Yeah, open, open. There's like a whole world community out there that totally can relate.
1: Yeah, that's so helpful. And I want to get your thoughts on learning to own your perspectives on how things should be done when it comes to your career and like really trusting that like your ideas matter and your perspective matters because I know often the women that I hear from on the show have troubles showing up fully in their careers because they're, you know, struggling to believe in their capability. And so they're not putting what they have out on the table. They're keeping it inside. And I just wanted to get your perspectives on that.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine. I know it's hard because it's like, you know, us women, we always come in second. It's a man's world, as they say. But, you know, it's not. That's not their world. You know, we have a voice. We need to be heard. I believe there will be a woman president soon. So yes, I would say in the career field, like I can only imagine, because I, I worked in the office space before, like I started off doing office work, but I also knew like that wasn't for me. But, you know, people who are in the office space in the career world, it's like, you know, speak your voice, because I realize if you don't, then that's how they take advantage of you and think like, you're oh, you're okay in that position. You're okay with, you know, doing this simple task. You're okay with getting the salary you make. And it's like, unless you speak up and have a voice for yourself, then yeah, you show them who's boss. Yeah, although you may not be the boss, it's like, you gotta show them like, you know, you're not to be played with. That's how I view it. You know, and yes, I know it's more easier said than done, but you know, until we speak up, you know, cause they think, oh yeah, well, it's a man's world and women can't do this and that. And oh yeah, she can do that. Like, no, there's so many females, like entrepreneurs now, there's female business owners, female managers where like the men report to the women. So if you want that role, like go for it. You know what I mean? Don't let anybody stop you. Don't let anybody intimidate you, especially a man. So, you know, eventually go above him. You know, you be his boss. So definitely speak up. And, you know, because if you don't, honestly, it's like, then nothing's going to get done. There's only so many people that look out for you. Yeah, there are some like, hey, you know, apply to this role. Like, I want you to get a salary increase. But let's be real. it's It's not very often that, you know, you really have that support in the workplace. So you have to speak up. And if you don't, They're not going to do anything. They're just going to sit back.
1: Oh, for sure. And it can feel (laughs) scary in the moment. And I'm sort of curious, like, how you approach scary moments and like how you give yourself the extra little nudge when your brain's kind of like, no,
0: don't do it. It's too scary. Yeah, Yeah, no, I totally, it's hard. I can totally understand like it is scary. And then I realized I think my confidence in that has grown like over time because when I was first diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, I wasn't even telling my employers at interviews, you know, that I had muscular dystrophy. So, you know what I mean? And yes, it's maybe a different scenario, but it's like my mindset was so off where eventually I'm like, I have to tell them what's going on because especially working in the retail field, they're gonna ask me to climb up ladders, tarry heavy boxes, and those are things I cannot do. You know, so I'm like, I have to, you know, tell them. And, you know, of course I was scared because I felt like they would discriminate me due to my disability. So of course I can understand. It's like, you wanna maybe speak up, but it's like, you know, you're scared no matter in what position you may be. Oh, I wanna ask for a raise, but, I'm scared. Are they going to think I'm asking too much or, you know, things like that. So it's definitely scary, but I would say just maybe practice first. That's sometimes what I do. Maybe practice with yourself, either in the mirror practice while you're in the bathroom or even have like a family friend say, Hey, I want to talk to my manager about this. Like, what do you think about me talking? Or even sometimes people communicate better, even writing a letter. I have done that before too, where I write a letter. And then I would ask my sister, family and friend, like, Hey, what do you think about this? And another thing I love is Googling. Googling too sometimes, yes, it may be negative at times, but I have Googled a lot like, oh, how do I respond to an employer? Because they have been um, a job in the past where I felt discriminated, but I took it upon myself and I, um you know, Google like my research and things like that, I wrote like a nice letter and I actually have an MCAD case going against this company now due to, I felt like I was discriminated due to my disability. So it's like I said, if I, you know, if I didn't say anything, then I feel like things would have just slide and I'm just like, I'm not going to have it.
1: Mm. And I'm curious, you mentioned at first when you would go in for interviews, you wouldn't say anything. And then eventually that shifted. How did it feel for you once you like once you went from not talking about it to just putting it out there?
0: It actually felt good because I didn't feel like I was hiding something. I felt like now when they, if they asked me to do something, I was like, eh. you know, kind of like, you know, they look at me like, oh, well, she's lazy. She don't want to do her job. You know what I mean? So it's like now it felt good because if they they couldn't have asked me like, oh, Keisha, can you climb up the ladder to go get that box from in the um, warehouse? I can't do that. So it's like, after I told them, it's like they knew we made special accommodations. Like, okay, I might just have you back here at the cash register. How far can you reach to get something on the wall? So it was like, you know, and this is some com- some jobs, not all jobs. You know, this one particular, you know, they just, you know, made accommodations and they kind of have to now. Although like it's by law, but some jobs really don't comply um, by it. You know, so that's why I'm in a situation now with my last employer. But, you know, they just kind of like, all right, well, how far can you reach? Are you able to climb up this and carry out the trash? You know, and those were things I were unable to do and stand on my feet long periods of time. So it kind of just felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulder. If that made sense.
1: Yeah, I definitely I mean, in different contexts, just think sometimes when something is weighing on you, you share it and then you just feel better, even though you were scared to exactly. I want to talk to you about a couple of things that you had written on your website that really resonated with me and I wanted to get your perspective on. (laughs) Um, The first is the, quote, trust in your abilities that you have across a lot of the pieces that you have created. Can you tell me about the inspiration for that and sort of what that phrase means to you? Sure. Trust your abilities. I thought of that because I thought of the word disabilities. And then I thought
0: trust your abilities as I also have trust your dopeness, which I thought trust your dopeness to me means trust and believe in yourself. If you want to accomplish anything, you do it. So when I thought of trust your abilities, I was like, I like the way this sounds. I feel like this resonates with the disability community and non-disability community because it's like trust and believe in yourself. Like you have the ability to accomplish and do anything you want. So I just love the way it sounded. I wanted to tweak it a little bit with some colors. And I'm actually in the process of actually um opening a nonprofit under trust your abilities because i would like to create a foundation especially for the disability community with like raising funds and like grants especially for this time and since i'm raising funds now for an accessible vehicle and you know there's really not much help out there those vans cost like 70k alone and it's like you know it's crazy so yeah but that's trust your abilities i just love the way it's sounded so that's where i kind of ran with it wanted to put it on t-shirts And yeah, and then I'm like, you know what, I kind of like the way that sounds like, kind of like a nonprofit.
1: So yeah, I'm in the works of that right now. (laughs) And the word trust is so interesting, because, you know, like, at least the way I think about it is like, we want to trust, but trusting isn't easy, right? It requires a leap. And it it does require you to believe in a way that can feel scary.
0: Yeah, sure. I totally get what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you like that one. Trust your abilities. Well, there's another one that I wanted to share, which was, I think it was on your about page where you said, never, ever underestimate the power of your desire. And I think this is so important for women. And I wanted to get your perspective on that.
0: Yeah. It's like, as we mentioned earlier about us, you know, being in the career force of, you know, it's like, don't never underestimate. And yes, I know it's more easier said than done. And it's like, we have our days, we have, you know, our struggles where it's like, not every day I'm saying I wake up like people like, oh my God, you're so happy. You have a positive energy. And it's like, yes, I've, but it, I've, it came a long way. You know what I mean? Like, it, like when I was first diagnosed, like I said, it was a total shift change and I still have my days and I wanna make that clear and let people know that. But it's like, you know, definitely feeling inspired and motivated, you know, definitely may encourage the person to continue and if they have a creative idea, business idea, so, you know, go and do it no matter what, but just trust and believe in yourself because as I mentioned, unless you don't start to do it or you speak up, it's like your vision or your creativity is not going to come to life or you're not going to move, or move further, step in like the workforce or any field you're in. So, yeah, I would definitely that I trust and believe in that quote very, very much because I'm just like, you know, go for it. You have to trust and believe in yourself.
1: Yeah. And I think sometimes it's sort of even hard to own what we want. I think sometimes like we make it smaller because then that feels more comfortable. And I sometimes think about how the first step in sort of, you know, going after whatever is important to you, whatever you want to create in life is just having the courage to say, like, I do want that thing. Like, I do want that big thing. Even if you can't totally see how it's going to work. And even if you still have to grow a little bit to get there.
0: Yeah, it's true. Exactly. Because I have like ideas all the time, too. But I'm like, you know what, let me just go for it. And then things gradually kind of comes along and then your dreams come into fruition. So that's why I tell people like you have an idea, you want to just go for it. I'm like, we're not getting any younger. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's true. And it can feel it can feel so good. I mean, it's a combination of like, good and scary. I think change in any way is hard and you're right. doing it. You're doing it because you want to grow. There's a reason you want to, but there's also a reason that you weren't that way to begin with. So it's like this battle.
0: Exactly. Yep. A battle. <laughs> That's a perfect yourself. word. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I want to talk more about Girls Chronically Rock. I was looking at what you've created there and I guess we can start with where, how do you get your inspiration? Like what's your process of going from idea to what you're selling?
0: Sure. So my ideas honestly come to me randomly. I could be here watching TV. I could be on the computer. And it's like someone like myself, I always say like sometimes random things, talking to family and friends. And then I'm like, that wouldn't be cute on a T-shirt. You know, so it's like, honestly, sometimes I'm lying in bed at night, I'm sleeping. And sometimes these creative ideas come in my head. So I sometimes try to either text it to myself so I don't forget. But if I'm like in a deep sleep, I'm just hoping I remember what I said the next day. But honestly, they can randomly come to me all the time. And then I would, because I work with a graphic designer, and then I would talk to her on what exactly I want the design to look like, the colors, what I wanted to say, the font
1: and all of that. And then she puts it to, you know, vision for me, which I love. (laughs) Fantastic. And I was looking through the Black Lives Matter shirts, and I wanted to ask you as a clothing creator, what those shirts mean to you, because I've been thinking about that a lot, especially in the current climate. So I would love to get your perspective.
0: I'm sure. So, of course, Black Lives Matter, of course, I here I am as African-American and also disabled. So I thought as I tell people, I kind of feel like I express my feelings and through my journey, especially like what's going on in the world now through my line with all those. So as you can see, all my different T-shirts, they all like mean something like, you know, as like trust your dopeness, trust your abilities, walk with the twist. So, of course, with everything going on now, I was like, I have to come up with something that says Black Lives Matter because our lives matter. And then most importantly, I'm like Black Disabled Lives Matter. So I had to put that on a t-shirt and everyone seemed to love that one, especially that seems to be selling really well because I'm like, here I am, have two categories on Black and disabled. So I thought that was very important to express on a t-shirt. So um, so yeah, that's why I was like, I thought it was important to create my Black Lives Matter collection. And then I'm also in the process right now of, because I have some masks already out, but I want to make some masks out of the Black Lives Matter t-shirts. So those are in production right now. So I'm excited for those. (laughs) It oh, seems yes. like, <laughs> yeah, face mask is going to be a new fashion trend, it seems like, so till further notice.
1: <laughs> um, and I want to ask you, oh, before I go into the next question, um, tell us about your end vision for Girls Chronically Rock, and then we'll talk about where to get in touch with you and how to support you.
0: Sure. So, I mean, my end game for Girls Chronically Rock is continue to build this movement. I would love to create um more T-shirts, more clothing. My ultimate goal is to create an adaptive clothing collection under the Girls Chronically Rock umbrella for people with disabilities because what some people may not understand is us getting dressed on a regular basis can be very tiring and exhausting. You know, especially after getting out the shower, I, I feel like I ran the, the Boston Marathon or something. So it's like just getting dressed, putting on a, t-shirt, pants, and that's even with personal care attendant help, you know, could be exhausted. So just having more accessible, functional clothing for people with disabilities would be awesome. So I would love to do that under the Girls Chronically Rock umbrella. I would also love to get Girls Chronically Rock into major fashion shows like New York Fashion Week, LA Fashion Week, Miami. And then I would love to honestly get it into stores such as like Macy's, Target, and Nordstrom's. And yes, I know a lot of stores are probably closing now due to the pandemic, but they're also going to be selling online. So I'm like, just hoping, you know, you to pitch them my idea. And yeah, I'm just looking to make Girls Currently Rock into a major empire. And tell us how we can play a role in that. Sure, definitely support the cause. Um, If you purchase a t-shirt, I love when customers then um post online the merchandise they got of them wearing the t-shirts, the bracelet, hashtag girls chronically rock and then just tag me in it. And I always love to share and post that onto my website, onto my Instagram, Facebook. So I love getting the messages from, you know, my clients. But yeah, just definitely support. Um, I love when people support my business on their page and say, hey, check out Girls Chronically Rock. She's doing a great thing. So yeah, definitely, I love all of it. (laughs) Fantastic.
1: And for people who want to follow you on social or find you on the internet, where should we go? Sure, definitely.
0: I am on Instagram under Girls Chronically underscore rock. Facebook, I am under Keisha Graves. And I also have a business page, Girls Chronically Rock. And I am also
1: on Twitter, Girls Chronicle One. So yeah, feel free. Yep.
0: Okay, great. send
1: me a message. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm going to link all of that below. And now we're going to get into some of the wrap up questions, which are sure. actually my favorite ones. <laughs> the first one is on the theme of what it feels like when you're kind of like in flow and performing, at, like you're just like tapping into all of your genius. What does that feel like for you?
0: It feels good, honestly, especially when I come up with a new creative idea. Like I have some things I'm working on now that I plan to eventually bring onto Girls Chronically Rock Umbrella. And it feels exciting. Yes. It like as we discussed earlier, it's scary. Like, is it, are people going to like it? Like, what should I do? Is it going to be costly? Is it going to be like, you know, worth it? So I definitely get excited because it that gets me excited and motivated. Because I'm like, this is another thing to put under my business and more money to be made. <laughs>
1: fantastic and the next one is all about the theme of change so i've been asking guests lately what is a place in your life where you're you feel like you're in process of change um i would say definitely a process of change
0: definitely i feel like for me personally was when this pandemic hit you know which i think a lot of people can relate to you know especially starting early march where business then became very slow like people weren't buying the t-shirts and which i totally understand and it's like a part of me even felt bad even promoting my business because i'm like I can't understand why they don't want to order i didn't even want to order where i'm someone who's obsessed with amazon you know because i'm just like who's going to be touching the package like where you know it transports through so many like different trucks and so you know at that time and i thought what can i do to kind of expand my business so it's like it can relate to everybody and that's when i thought about the mask because i'm like here i am i have this inventory of t-shirts in my apartment i'm like i wonder if i can get a designer you know to possibly do that for me because um Unfortunately, due to my disability, I'm not able to sew like how I used to on the sewing machine. So I thought I can send them t-shirts, you know, and then we can make masks. Cause I'm like, hey, the mask is going to be something that honestly, we're going to be wearing now for a while. But not only that, people in the disability community, people who understand, some of us have to wear masks all the time, even beyond before, after this pandemic and after. Some of us have low immune systems, So even when going to the doctor's appointment, we have to wear masks all the time. So I thought, oh, why didn't I even think of this before? So I just thought of things things of ways of, you know, what I can do during this pandemic time to let people know Girls Chronically Rock is still here. And, you know, that, you know, I I support them. And, you know, and I want to, like, create something where it will benefit them now during this crazy time.
1: And I feel like the designed masks like the ones that are pretty it just adds a little bit of brightness you know to what can feel really like oh I have to wear a mask you yeah know? exactly
0: you know gotta be fashionable I saw
1: a woman at the grocery store who was wearing a polka dot dress and she had a matching polka dot mask oh cute <laughs> yeah I was like wow I wonder like if she made it or if she yeah. bought it that way <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so next question. Oh, this is a I love this one. Um, What is one thing that you would encourage someone listening to do that you think could help them feel more empowered when it comes to their career?
0: I would definitely say connect with other business like individuals, you know, especially people in your field, whether you're in HR, a real field, entrepreneur, there's so many different support groups that I'm a part of that I feel like if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have got to where I am today with the support and asking them questions about this and that. So I would definitely say, you know, ask questions if you're doubtful or not too sure of something. I would say, especially, you know, there's so many women helping women, support groups on social media, Boston Business Women and so many others. So I would definitely say connect with other, you know, boss like individuals, women, you know, and I definitely feel like that support and encouragement definitely then inspires you like, okay, she did it like I can do it, too. So I would definitely say reach out and, you know, chat with the other people who can understand and relate to, you know, what you probably are doing or want to do at that moment. But yeah, definitely Facebook,
1: I would say, is the place to look. Mm, (laughs) Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And This next question is on the theme of, it's this idea of like having big goals and big dreams. And sometimes we move towards that dream in like a tiny moment or a small way. And so I've been asking everyone to sort of share like a little moment or just a small experience that really represented them changing or shifting in a way that propelled them towards their goals and dreams.
0: Um. Yeah, I would. The first thing that comes to mind, of course, when I was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, as we discussed earlier, that was a huge shock. You know, here I am, not thinking what the future hold, what was going to happen. Am I going to live to see like a certain, you know, age? So it's like, you know, but then it's so crazy how things did change. Because if you had asked me a few years back when I was first diagnosed, oh, do you see yourself opening a business or sharing your story on podcast and different things? I'll be like, no way, you know, because like, what are you talking about? Why would I do that? but it's so crazy how things did change and how open I am now with sharing my story and my journey. Cause this is a part of me, you know, it isn't who I am, but I feel like I totally change and, you know, proud of myself of the person I have become. And yes, I still have my days, but all I can do is take it day by day, you know, focus on me, focus on my business. But I definitely feel like that moment of being diagnosed with muscular dystrophy to where I am now is a total of sh- total shift change. You know, because I definitely grew from then, you know, till now. And I want to continue to
1: be the best that I can be. That's so inspirational because... As I was listening to you share that, I was really thinking of you're kind of saying like you had a moment where you could never imagine this future in which you're sharing the story and you're creating a business around this. And it's so powerful to think of this idea, especially, I think, when we're struggling with something in life or we feel like we're stuck it feels like it'll never change, or it feels like we could never go towards the thing we want. And it's to hear you talk about how like where you are now, this thing you've created, you would have thought that that was not true for your future. Mm -hmm. And I think that's inspirational because I think what it means is like our, whatever vision exists now, and if it's limited, if it feels constraining, it doesn't have to be true. It might not be true. Right. We can go for something bigger. Yeah, definitely. And the next question is about the title of the show, which is The Art of Speaking Up. Can you share what that means to you? The Art of
0: Speaking Up, I actually love the way that sounds. I would say The Art of Speaking Up, I, what that means to me is kind of like how, what I do now, expressing my journey and my feelings through my art and creativity, through my clothing collection. And whether that be, you know, with my inspirational quotes, the colors that I use, my feelings and everything that's going on in the world now, I kind of express that through my art and you know my videos, I may talk about my recordings on my podcast. So that's what um that means to me. I did not know that you have a podcast. Could you share it with us? Oh, my. God. It Actually, just it's not nothing probably like yours. It honestly just I started i probably have like six episodes and some of them were previously recorded with, say, other people. So I just kind of added those episodes on just to, you know, keep the momentum going. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying, you know what I mean? Because I always for the longest time, I'm like, I want to start a podcast. I want to start Girls Chronically Rock podcast and share my story. So it's pretty much just been me the first few episodes just kind of updating my clients, what's going on, upcoming event, events I'm doing. But then eventually I would like to bring people on and interview them. So, yeah, it's very um, small, probably six episodes, and I record on Anchor. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. I did not know that you had a podcast. Yes. So once I become professional like you, I can have you on my podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you have an entire, like, brand and line of clothing. And, like, I'm just – Like for me, the like logistics and like knowing all of that stuff, I'm, yeah, I feel like that is so huge. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And for the final question, this is really just your opportunity to speak to and inspire anyone who's listening. And the context is that um, my inspiration for creating this show was Um, I had a time in my career where I was just like really struggling and feeling very alone and I wasn't in a great place. I didn't really have a mentor community to help me through that. And so I love to ask the guests to share anything that they would want listeners know to help uplift them or just any message that is important for you to get out into the world.
0: I'm sure I would definitely say, as I always say, and as I mentioned earlier, if you have an idea of business, um, definitely go for it. That's my thing. Just do it. Because before you know it, life is too short. We are not getting any younger. I would definitely um, motivate surround yourself with um, business like smart individuals that you can bounce off of, you know, bounce ideas off of and just collaborate and, you know, build this team and have that support of women around and support you, whether it's in the career field or not. It's like having that support group, especially of women in this time, it's like we all have to support and uplift each other like we have to. Absolutely. Thank you so much.
1: Keisha. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. I hope that you felt as uplifted and inspired by Keisha as I did. Down in the show notes, I'm going to link Girls Chronically Rock. I will link her contact information, and I will also link her fundraiser for an accessible vehicle. So she mentioned in the interview that she's raising money to purchase an accessible vehicle, and I wanted to read the post that she made in her Facebook fundraiser so that you can learn a little bit more about it, and I'll also link it below in case you want to support her, which I think would be really cool. She says, hey, everyone, my birthday is one month away. My goal is to continue to raise funds for my accessible vehicle and hopefully reach my target goal by my birthday, which is September 5th. Happy birthday, Keisha. It's almost your birthday from the day that this podcast episode comes out, which is kind of funny. She says accessible vehicles cost over $70,000, which is ridiculous. I did not ask to have muscular dystrophy, but I want to live the best life I possibly can. I want to go out with family and friends, go to networking events, and more. Having my own accessible vehicle to accommodate me in my wheelchair would be awesome. Mobility Works bought me an accessible vehicle to try, and man did I fall in love, lol. Honestly, any donation will truly make a difference. Just as little as $5 will come a long way, and I will be happy with my accessible vehicle enjoying life. I would be able to attend events for Girls Chronically Rock and just live my life. Please consider making a donation today. Link in bio and please feel free to share it also. I'm going to link the fundraiser below in the show notes and I'll also, again, link Keisha's information and Girls Chronically Rock and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope that you're doing okay. I know that with coronavirus and us all working at home, it can get challenging. And I know it's been a tough time for some of you. So I hope that you're being kind to yourself and taking care of yourself. And if you need support, if there's anything that I can do to support you, you can always reach out to me. I'll put my contact information in the show notes as usual. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy you're listening. And next week, You will hear from me again, as usual. Thank you so much, Keisha, for coming on the show. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.